A heart-centered life is a reflective life. And when we live more reflectively, we operate less reactively. I'm Danielle Laporte, and this is With Love, Danielle. Hello, my loves. Happy New Year if you are celebrating the New Year. Where I live in Vancouver, I really feel more resonant with celebrating the New Year in February, the Lunar New Year. Chinese New Year is such a big festival time here. It's it's really great. For me, January is still that time of clarifying what what just happened in this last year. What do I want to do with the knowledge of what just happened? How do I want to use that awareness to not do that again or create more of what I loved to build on what was working? I have this process called Free and Clear, and I'm going to tell you how it started. We're going to be doing this process together in my heart-centered membership over the course of both January and February 2023, this new year. So everybody invited in to come and get a taste of what we do in the membership focused on this process. All right, so let me rewind. About a decade ago, I'm in a pub with a friend somewhere in California. I'm deciding whether I'm going to laugh or I'm going to cry. We had just come out of this business meeting, and I was banking so much on this meeting. Like, it was going to be life-changing if I agreed to this deal, and I just couldn't. So like my big plans were crumbling. And my friend, Steph Corker, saw me teetering and she said, okay, get out your pencil and write down the best things that happened to you this year. I was not in the mood to write the best things that happened this year because my future was just on the edge of destruction. Uh, But I did it and we ordered some tacos and two beers and the free and clear process began to emerge and I turned it into this really soulful and, if I do say so, very thorough year-in-review process. And I have used this process every December, January, February of my life. I'm just finishing up my own personal free and clear workbook experience. And it's really emerged into this more heart-centered life visioning process. I think a lot of us are doing the right things. We're doing the annual intention-setting we are we're pinpointing our aspirations even in all this upheaval we are continuing to dream and to host beautiful visions of the future so good we are critically thinking we are doing our research we are having these bursts of reflectiveness in between being truly highly productive and yet still we feel like we are on this wheel That never ends of making, doing, making, doing. And I think our collective anguish, part of the collective anguish, is the result of being obsessed with productivity without being deeply reflective. And I think it's frying us. It's it's burning out our adrenals. It's really hard on the nervous system. And we need to stop. So this is an invitation to get unfried together. I'm going to walk you through what I call power time and tyrant time. I think the free and clear process itself is a really intelligent and spiritual excavation process. 
ultimately for me, it's about shifting some resentments into empowerment. It's about doing some healing. It's about analyzing the recent past, not our entire lives, just the recent past, the last 12 months or the last six months, if that's what you want to focus on, in order to become more conscious of where we want to go. It's about letting go of what isn't serving you anymore. It's about putting systems of wellness and happiness into place for yourself. We make heart-centered plans, plans from an expanded perspective, not from a limited view of the past. We ask ourselves a fuller range of deeper questions about where we're heading. How does what I'm doing serve my highest good and those around me? Is this a heart-centered desire that I'm building on? Or is this like a shiny distraction from my actual purposefulness? You might also want to ask yourself, is this an ego-dominant choice? Or am I moving toward more loving-kindness in this decision, in this plan, in this choice? I think that once we have that kind of clarity, we can make better decisions about where we want to go. And by better, I mean more intentional. By better, I mean more inclusive of all the parts of ourselves, the activated parts and the hungry fragments, and also the core of us, the true nature of us, our patience, our generosity, our loving kindness. We cannot make personal or collective progress without being reflective. So this is some of the self-reflection work that I'm offering here that builds I think, inner strength, and supports us to make choices that are healthier for our nervous system and choices that are more inclusive, inclusive of all those parts of ourself that need the healing, the shadowy bits, the shadowy bits that drive excessive ambition or self-neglect. So we look more deeply to see what's driving us. And then we can release a lot of illusory stuff and then what happens? We free up ample creative energy. So let's talk about shifting our relationship to time. We want to make plans for the future from a clear mind, you know, from our lucidity, not from that muddled mess of desire, certainly not from conflicted desires. So when we look from our inner perspective, from our heart, what happens is the goals we've been holding for a long time might begin to shift. We'll have different goals, or we might keep some of the goals, but go after them in more uh, life-affirming ways, you know. When we make plans from our healed selves, from our true nature, we move into that more numinous space, that more uh, ineffable space that light-infused space where time starts to feel more malleable, more bendable. It's like we dance with time instead of being ruled by it. So let me give you a metaphor uh, about time management. I think it can be a lot like dieting. So we portion out our time, just like food, so that we have optimal energy and results. And, you know, some people diet obsessively. Other people manage their time obsessively. And both of those 
kinds of obsessions can be driven by the unhealed self. It's this constant striving to be more productive, more acceptable, uh, more proven and worthy. And in that way, time management systems can actually suppress our instincts, our wisdom. They don't free us. They imprison us. You might push yourself when your heart actually isn't in it. Or your to-do list becomes more important than your fatigue. You work to earn your time off. Can I just say that again? You work to earn your own time off. It's messed up. And then you're too beat to enjoy it when you get the time off. The reverse is also true. Time regimens can be really liberating for sure. Flow needs a structure. Flow without a structure just becomes a flood. We need good time management systems, just like we need good eating habits. But it's your relationship, your relationship to those time methodologies that helps you to regulate your nervous system, that helps to enrich the quality of what you're doing. I think there's tyrant time, which I'll explain. And then there is power time. So let me give you a quick analysis of both. Tyrant time is quantity driven. So it uses time management systems to just crank out lots and lots and lots of stuff. Whereas power time, instead of being quantity driven, it's quality focused. So power time uses time systems to create space, spaciousness and freedom, which then allows you to make more meaningful things, more substantive things, quality focused. Tyrant time is competitive. It compares your productivity with how productive everyone else is. How good does that feel? Power time, on the other hand, is self-referencing. So what matters is that you are doing something of value to you. Self-referencing. Much more powerful. In tyrant time, Time is in charge. Free time is something you earn. Time is dispensed to you. Who wants to play that game? <laughs> it's a game we've been playing for centuries, you know? It's really the structure of modernity. Okay, power time says, I'm in charge. In this way, things need to earn your time and attention. You are the dispenser of time. You are the bestower of the energy. Tyrant time is transactional. You put in time and you get back time. Now, on the other hand, power time is relational. And what I mean by this is if you relate with the moment, if you are being present, you're not in it for what you can get all the time, then there's a giving and a receiving. It happens simultaneously. So you are relating to the moment as it is. You're present. It's powerful. Tyrant time is very, very logical. Time is measured only by the clock. The clock is the deity. Whereas truly powerful time, powerful relationship to time, is dimensional you know that time can be expanded and contracted with energy. 
with pure intention, pure intention, you can accomplish a day's work in a few hours. Your mind is clear. Your heart is clear. You can get an hour's worth of rest in just a moment of contemplation. And you can make really big things actually happen very quickly. You know that the purity of your intention, which comes from the heart, allows you to play with time. You dance with it. So when you're clear on what fosters your joy, time management becomes a way of expressing yourself, not a way of self-policing. And if we're going to heal our relationship to time, then everything that gets on our calendar needs to be aligned with our vision of a heart-centered life. What does a loving, compassionate, resilient life look like to you? And what's your commitment to that? So to shift a relationship to time from starvation and metrics and measuring and punishment into wellness and health and heart and expansion and dimensionality and quality, we have some new questions. Before something gets on our calendar, before we say yes, before we commit to giving it our energy, we ask ourselves, does this sustain me or restrain me? Does this sustain me or restrain me? And is this in support of loving kindness? Is this in support of loving kindness to myself, to my nervous system, and to the world that I am a part of? Time. We use time management systems to help create conditions of healing so that we can live lives expressing our loving kindness. Inner attunement before outer attainment. I love you, and I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much for listening, for feeling, for spreading the word with love.